Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery. This is Anne. This week, I'm continuing my conversation with Kathleen, who is a member of our community. If you didn't hear last week's episode, start there first so you get her backstory and then join us here. Many of you have purchased the book Trauma Mama Husband Drama. When you purchase the book, I so appreciate it when you take a minute to go back to Amazon and leave a five-star review there. Here is one that we received lately. She said, helping me out of the darkness. A straightforward, simple explanation to help acknowledge the pain, darkness, and seemingly hopeless pit of anguish, educating women on what is abuse and healthy ways to find safeness. Thank you for your five-star review. When you review either the podcast or Trauma Mama Husband Drama on Amazon, or you share on Facebook, or you tag us on Instagram, or share some of our content anywhere, you help women who are isolated find us. Women are searching online. What is wrong with my marriage? How can I make my marriage better? And we know that the classic like I statements or serve or just make sure dinner's ready or whatever it is, does not work in an abuse situation. Even pornography addiction recovery, being supportive of his sickness that he has or whatever, it is not the right road for us to take. Takes us down the wrong road and keeps us in years of pain and chaos. So every time you share our content, it helps someone who is searching for truth find it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to give a shout out to members of Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group, which is our online daily support group. We have multiple sessions every single day in every single time zone. We would love to see you today. So go to btr.org to check out the session schedule. In this episode, I think as I was listening to it, uh, editing it a bit, I sort of heard my voice and how exhausted I was at the time when I did this interview and also feeling a little bit of despair. I'm feeling a little better now, but uh, you'll likely hear it in my voice. We were talking about disclosure at the end of the last episode, and Kathleen starts here by talking about prayer, that that helped her know what she needed to know and that she wasn't so worried about knowing everything. We'll catch up with her here. Early on, I did pray to God to let me know what I needed to know, and I guess I'll just be grateful that I know what I know and that's all I need to know. Isn't that interesting? So as a woman of faith who decided to divorce, can we talk about your decision to divorce or are you divorced? Not officially. I actually separated from my husband with the intent for him to go get help. Through that time, he chose to go live with his um, suspected abuser, or at least who he claims abused him. He went to live with him for over a year. And this was his uncle? It was his brother. His brother. Okay. So he chooses to go live with the person who he has told you abused him. Yes, which was a huge red flag to me. Well, perhaps it wasn't true also. Right. Which, you know, whichever way it is, it's still a red flag because it just was one of those things that, you know, he claimed this but then went to live with him. So either way, he's not being honest with me. Right. And then he decided, I guess about a year ago, that he wanted to file for divorce. Okay. So that sounds really similar to my story, by the way. My ex claimed that he had been abused by his parents and that his parents were really abusive, but just like hangs out with them all the time without 
saying that their behaviors have changed. Like there is no like, oh, they're totally different now. You know, nothing like that. So I find that to be very interesting. Right now, I'm really struggling with the community thing. It's really tough to live in a community of people. I mean, it's even where I work. The school that I teach at is where my children attend, and it's part of a small Catholic community. So (laughs) there I am working amongst people who I feel like think I'm the liar and the manipulator and the marriage ruiner. So it's tough. That is really, really hard. I'm very sorry. You know, I've prayed often that the truth will be made known to people somehow. There are days, do you ever do this where you read the local newspaper thinking that you'll see him in the newspaper? Do you ever do that? I don't read the paper, but I feel like someday I'm going to hear that he has like either a DUI or was arrested or something. Yeah. He's at a a local high school, so always worried about that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so strange to think that someone who has not taken any accountability is still just walking around, you know, and and not only just walking around, but affecting your life at such a level when you are the victim of his abuse without people really acknowledging or being compassionate or empathetic about your situation, right? Instead, being more judgmental, it feels more isolating, Right. Yeah, it does. And then, you know, you get your wishy-washy people who say, I don't want to choose a side. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized, I'm like, that's probably the worst thing you can, well, one of the worst things you can say to somebody who's been abused. Because it's like, I don't take you seriously. Yeah, I don't believe you. I confront people about that. I would not recommend it, by the way. <laughs> but I say, you need to pick a side because I'm a victim of abuse and he is a perpetrator. So... Would you like to stand with a victim and stop enabling a perpetrator or not? Right. And they don't like that one bit, I can tell you. People feel very uncomfortable about that. And then they think, oh, she really is crazy. <laughs> Amazing how their crazy look makes us look more crazy. You know, I was talking to my social media director, Virginia, the other day. We were talking about how instead of thinking people think we're crazy and instead of thinking oh, they don't like us or they don't like what we say about abuse or they think we're going too far when we call these guys abusers, that instead of, you know, this sort of like nervous kind of defensive posture that sometimes we victims have, I think it would be better to have a surprised posture. Like, oh, I didn't know you were uneducated about abuse. (laughs) Right? Like that's, oh, that's surprising to me. I didn't know that you were brought here from 1830 in a time machine and that you didn't know about abusers that they do this and that what you're saying is an extension of his abuse huh well weird I thought you were more educated than that or something I mean in your head right you don't want to like insult people I don't want to insult people but having sort of an attitude or an energy about us that is more surprise than traumatized And it's impossible to not be traumatized when someone says something triggery that's obviously harmful, that's not empathetic or not caring at all. It's impossible not to be hurt by that. But I wonder if we all took this, I'm shocked. (laughs) Like I had a therapist write and say, I don't agree with BTR's model. I don't think it's abusive. So I can't be associated with you. And my first email to him back was like, I'm so sorry. That makes sense. You know, I wish you the best. And then I thought, wait a minute, I'm not going to write this. I'm going to write, 
oh, I'm really surprised to hear that you don't think that lying and manipulation are emotional and psychological abuse. And that's what I wrote. I wrote back and said, I'm surprised to hear that. I would have thought that you could, you know, recognize the obvious. I didn't say that, but. And he wrote back and said, oh, I do. I do recognize that they're abuse. I just don't agree with what BTR says. And I'm like, hmm? He said, I don't think porn use is abusive, is what he said. And this is a very prominent CSAT therapist out there. Wow. He said, I just don't think porn use is abuse. And I was like, okay, whatever. That leads me to believe, well, what's going on in your world if you don't think that it's abusive? Why are you, you know, defending it? Yeah. Why would anyone think that, like, viewing someone being abused isn't participating in abuse in some way, right? Or at the very least, sending your sexual energy somewhere other than your wife. What do you want to call that if you don't want to call it abuse? I call that infidelity. (laughs) But... Infidelity is also abusive, right? It's just so, like, why are you so afraid of the word abuse? I guess because it's so strong and so many people think of it as a man or somebody hitting their wife. It's it's so just extreme to call something abuse. And I think that's part of the problem. People need to be educated on it. Well, what you went through is extreme. So to say that, like, it's too extreme to call it. You went through years of psychological and emotional abuse and sexual coercion, and you are still a victim of abuse in your community from a perpetrator who is talking to your community about you and lying about you. If you don't call that extreme, what is, you know, I think that is extreme. Of course, he hasn't like walked in with a gun or something like that. But in terms of your, the way it affects you, it affects you on a daily basis. That is extreme. It's extreme abuse. There's no other word for it. Right. And he's still able to be in contact with me, unfortunately, because of our children, which leads the door open just to crack for him to continue to abuse me. Exactly. And people just don't understand that like that living in this constant state of something that you do your best to set boundaries, you do your best to heal, you do your best to move on, you know, all those things that are healthy. It's literally, it's not impossible. You will live an amazing life and things will get better for you over time, but that they don't understand that there's no way to stop him from abusing you. Right. It's a shame because, you know, our judicial system and even so much as like counseling, like for co-parent counseling, they just don't understand. And it's difficult because it's like the boundaries that you set up are then having to be torn down or changed because you have to follow the parenting plan or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parenting plan or some kind of legal plan. Have you ever talked to the legal system or your attorney about that you're being emotionally and psychologically abused and you need a parallel parenting plan? Um, he is very well aware we just started a second co-parent counseling and I do want to ask if we could do a parallel parenting plan. Yeah. And see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a difficult situation and it's ongoing and the abuse and divorce doesn't stop the abuse. However, divorce does protect us from things like financial abuse. It can protect us from a lot. It, It can protect us from a lot of things, but it can't stop the abuse outright. So that's, what's really difficult. And so many victims now are praying and praying and praying for justice. 
all over the world. And I wonder if God is waiting for some big, I don't know, thing that all of our prayers will be answered sort of simultaneously. Because I think in our own personal lives, it seems like our prayers to just be free of this are not happening, right? I mean, it just seems like it's ongoing. How is your relationship with God considering this, considering that it feels like we pray and pray and pray and that our prayers aren't being answered? Well, I guess it's it's kind of like any relationship. There's times I feel like God is right by my side, and that's what gets me through the day. And then there are times that I'm asking, Lord, where are you? I don't feel you. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. I always have faith in our Lord. I know he is there, but to feel him just makes it so much more doable to get through the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's tough. I couldn't do it without my faith. I couldn't do it without God. And I'm grateful for that, but it, it's hard. And I too pray for truth. And I, I'm like, Lord, I need truth to come out soon. I need it soon. So hasn't been answered yet, but I know that God is always working in mysterious ways. So I'm just hoping and living in hope that it will come out at some point. Yeah, I had a discussion with God the other day. He was like, I answer so many of your prayers. You just don't notice because you're focused on these other ones. You know, kind of like that. And I was like, but I don't care about those other ones. These are the ones I want you to answer. Answer them now. Why are you not answering them? I'm so mad at you. I think God just looks at me and thinks, oh, come on, man. You don't even know. And I guess we don't know, but it is frustrating to feel like, you know, he helped me with this thing and he helped me with that thing. But why can't he help me with this big thing in that just so I don't have to have any more contact with my abuser, which is a really big thing. Right. That's one of my prayers as well. And I find it going to like sinful thoughts sometimes, which I try not to do. But like him getting hit by a bus. Uh, totally. <laughs> Be an a- prayer answered. But then I do think, what would that do to my children? So I do have to remember that there is not just me in the situation. However, it also, to me, would be protection for my children because they are abused as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder about all those, you know, Old Testament stories of the wicked being just smitten, you know, I wonder like, I wonder if that's coming down the pike. I don't know. I don't know, but I know that the best we can do is to be obedient. If we're women of faith, obedient to the commandments and do the best we can under a very difficult situation. Right. And hopefully in God's time, it will all come out. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Oh, it's hard. If you could go back in time and share with your younger self anything, what would you tell her? I guess to not be so trusting. Go with your gut feeling. And if you are doubting anything, just don't don't second guess it. Look into it a little bit more and be sure of who you marry and spend the rest of your life with. Take some time to really get to know the person. It's interesting, though, if you don't know what you're looking for, you don't know. I mean, you could spend time with them and not see it, right? Because we all spent years with our abuser and we didn't recognize we were being abused. 
Right. And that is what happened. And I had some odd dreams that happened and I pretty much ignored them, which I kind of wish I didn't do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. When you have, uh, yeah, when you have no context for it, it's difficult to see. So that's one of the goals of BTR is to educate women all over the world about abuse, about what it looks like so that we can educate our children, you know, so that they can start having a context so that if they have a dream, they have a context for what they're experiencing. Right. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be easier for my children down the road, you know, if they're educated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not what they're looking for. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much. Will you come on the podcast again to update us about how your divorce went? I'd be happy to, Anne. Thank you so much. Okay. So we'll check back in with her in, I don't know, six months to a year and see how you're doing. Thank you so much for being brave and sharing your story. Well, Anne, thank you for the opportunity to share my story. It's uh, definitely helpful to know that there are other women out there that understand, and I'm not alone in this. You are not. There are lots of us. So welcome to the club no one ever wanted to be a part of. Right. Thanks for the welcome. Summer has started, as you know, and summer is so rough. So many abusers choose to have some kind of abuse episode when you're stuck in the car and you can't get out or you're on vacation and you have nowhere to go. I don't know if they do it like that on purpose so that you can't escape or you have to put on a happy face around other people. It seems to be a pattern. So if you're experiencing this, please make sure that you join Betrayal Trauma Recovery Group so that you have access to our daily online support groups that are live so that you can get help anywhere that you are and you don't have to wait for an appointment. Again, you can see our session schedule at btr.org. If this podcast is helpful to you, please support it. Go to btr.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on support the podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.